Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes. Jim Harbaugh leaves college. It's going to the pros. You know, it's great. This is a jam. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive college, Insurance. Great. ESPN been- Radio, ESPN. I wanted to bring up something about Harbaugh, though, Smalls. Okay. There were three games specifically that I really, two games, excuse me, that I really thought Harbaugh was great in. If you really want to, and one of them, actually lost both of them. But if you think about the 2016 season and the 2021 seasons, when he was in the Orange Bowl, I really, I'm an Orange Bowl kind of guy. <laughs> I really liked the Orange Bowl. Do I look orange still? I'm looking at the monitor. The makeup team came in during the break and tried to fix me. And Ashley does such a great job with makeup. And I think I look good today. I think this is the best I've ever looked, as a matter of fact. You look sun-kissed. You have now compared me to orange soda and Cheetos. No, I'm not saying sun-kissed as in the orange soda brand. I'm saying sun-kissed as in I just got back from Palm Beach. Yeah. I wish. (laughs) I wish. I don't know. It kind of looks good, no? I'm getting people now that are sending me Cheetos emojis and gifts and all over the place here. Anyway. Embrace, all right. it, embrace it. I am embracing it. Orange I... is the new black, so I've heard. Huh. That was as bad of a joke. As hey, I, as phrasing. I, as yeah, I that's true. Know. That is true. Phrasing true. But you know that show? Oh, Orange I didn't even the think black? about that. Wow. I didn't think about that either. But you know that, wow. show, that show? Yeah, I know Netflix? what you were referring to. I was, but... I was saying Orange is in. Yeah, let's go to Harbaugh now because you screwed that one up. Uh, anyway, wow. so the Chargers, my bad, my bad. The, the Chargers, get us back. Oh, the Chargers uh, named a new head coach yesterday, and it's a guy that we are very familiar with. He leaves Michigan to join the Chargers. That is, of course, Jim Harbaugh, and he comes into the NFL with the best winning percentage of any NFL coach, which is just from active NFL coach. He's forty-four, nineteen and one. He was eighty in the pros with the Niners. He was eighty-six and twenty-five at Michigan. Forty and three in the last three years. Years. And when you look at now expectations, guys, I look at this and I say it is completely realistic, unlike other situations, to expect him to be in a Super Bowl within five years. I can't look at what's going on in Tennessee and say to Brian Callahan, even though I like his young quarterback and Will Levis, yeah, you should be in the Super Bowl within five years. That is not fair. I cannot say about your former teammate Antonio Pierce with the Raiders. Yeah, Super Bowl, next five years. That is completely unfair. Don't know who the quarterback is, and I don't really know what to expect from Antonio Pierce as a head coach. He could be Bill Belichick, or he could be terrible. We have no idea what he's going to be. We have a great idea of what Harbaugh is and could could be, and I expect a Super Bowl within the next five years. Well, yeah, I, I think it's reasonable to have that expectation. Now, if you're going to win a championship, it's going to be really, really hard to do because you still got that man, Pat Mahomes, in the AFC West, mm-hmm. and they've won the division in Kansas City eight straight years. Eight straight. So even predating two years before Pat Mahomes took over the starting job, they were winning division titles with Andy Reid. So if you're going to win a Super Bowl, presumably with the Chargers, you're going to have to go the wild card route, and it's going to take Hall of Fame-level play. There have been seven wild card teams to win the Super Bowl, Pretty much all of them have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So, I mean, the ones that ain't in the Hall of Fame yet, they're going in the Hall of Fame eventually. Eli Manning, my former teammate, being one of them. So, 
That that's the reality of it. So I'm looking at Justin Herbert now that this hire has been made. And I'm going to judge him differently now because I know that coach won't be an impediment to him having high-end success both individually and in terms of leading this team to where they want to go and getting them to the championship rounds. That now is the gauge. That is the bar for Justin Herbert. Not only getting to the postseason, but actually going on deep playoff runs and eventually getting to a Super Bowl. Those are the expectations that we should put on him. That's the lens that we should view him through, similarly to how we try to view Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. to how we view Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert has now entered the chat in terms of how we judge him. It's not just about production from an individual standpoint. It's about team success. Yeah, but to to say within five years you expect him to win a Super Bowl, gosh, that's bold. When go you, to, go to. Yeah, okay, well, even go to. Think about all of the quarterbacks in the AFC that he's going to have to get through. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, is there every single year. You're going to no have doubt. to get through him. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, C.J. Stroud has entered the conversation. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence hopefully getting back to form. There are a lot of talented teams and talented quarterbacks that they're going to have to get through to get there, not to mention that Patrick Mahomes is waiting at the gate. So I don't know if that's the way that I'm going to view them getting to a Super Bowl within five years. Hopefully you'll have a lot of playoff success. But I guess, yeah, when Jim Harbaugh comes in, your expectation shouldn't just be to turn the franchise around and to have him take that next step from a quarterback play position. But yeah, he, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to a national championship. I just think in the same vein that I look at Josh Allen, and I think your window is really small to get this done. You may have squandered your last opportunity because of the landscape around you. I guess I view Justin Herbert and the Chargers in the same way. How many of those, so when you're talking about the AFC, outside of the combo of Mahomes and Reed, which, let's be honest, there's been some buzz about the idea of Andy Reid at any point here could walk away after winning or not but winning. They're, but they're there right now. So yeah, like, they're there. Yeah. But I'm saying... Who knows if he's there in the future, right? John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. After that, there's nobody definitively better than this combination. Maybe Joe Zach, Burrow. Zach Taylor and, yeah. and Joe Burrow. Okay. Yeah. So there are combinations that are better, but it is not hard within five years to see Jim Harbaugh go to a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert because that's just what he does. He did it in, in San Fran. And at the time of arrival, Colin Kaepernick was not better than Justin Herbert. Colin Kaepernick's best days are better currently than Justin Herbert's best days. But Justin Herbert's best days in the future, I believe, will be better than what Kaepernick did. Kaepernick was awesome. People think about him, obviously, for real-life stuff. But in terms of football, he was awesome under Harbaugh. And so I think that there's no reason to believe that this won't work. Well, I guess that's what makes Harbs taking this job even more curious, right? Because it's in that division with Pat Mahomes, and then you're in the AFC with your brother John Mm -hmm. versus the Atlanta Falcons job where it's the easiest division in all of pro football to win. You've got a top 10 defense. You've got really good skill position players. You've got a really good offensive line. The only question on the team is the quarterback. And guess what? You're really good with quarterbacks, and you got a top 10 pick. So that's what, like, I just... I'm curious to see what the Chargers ended up giving Jim Harbaugh in the way of control and compensation because it feels like they made this man an offer that he couldn't refuse to keep him from getting on the plane to go from L.A. to Atlanta. Well, it seems like he's going to be able to hire his supporting cast around him, which is major, which is not necessarily the case in Atlanta. They have some pieces in place. But 
I guess as you were saying that, Cece, I thought about the ultimate goal, which is to win a Super Bowl. And his path in the NFC is seemingly much easier if he would have taken the Atlanta Falcons no doubt. rather than the AFC. We we aren't sold on Dak and McCarthy being able to do it in Dallas. The Eagles, I don't know what they're going to look like. Are they going to look like the Super Bowl version of the Eagles or the, the meltdown that we saw last year with Nick Sirianni there? The Lions are there, but they seem – I mean, we'll have to see how, how the, it shakes out this season – the 49ers are not going to look the same moving forward. Um, it just seems like there are more formidable opponents in the AFC rather than the NFC. But I think for him, the enticing part of this is Justin Herbert. He's got that quarterback. He must really think that he's great and that he can make him into a superstar and that that is going to translate to the ultimate well, team I mean, success. Yeah, superstar, that's great. But he must think he can make him into the best quarterback in the NFL. If you go to that division with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you must think that you can make Justin Herbert the best quarterback in the NFL. Why now, would I'm he not, not? I'm not. I'm, I, that's what I was just about to say it. Yeah. I'm not going to say that he can't. Right, exactly. But I think that's a shock to a lot of our systems to think that Justin Herbert could be eye-to-eye with Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so I think the best way for our show specifically to do this, and for those just tuning in for the very first time right now, welcome to Unsportsmanlike. But one of the things that we have done over the last week, for those who have been with us, is we have been very critical of the supporters of Josh Allen. Okay, We have been less critical of Josh Allen and more critical of the supporters placing Josh Allen on this pedestal. Let's do it this way. This is how good we think Jim Harbaugh can be. If Josh Allen was coached by Jim Harbaugh next year, who's going to win the MVP in your mind? Josh Allen would have a damn good chance of doing it. Okay. If Jalen Hurts was coached by Jim Harbaugh next year, who can win the MVP next year? Hurts. If Trevor Lawrence was coached by Jim Harbaugh next year, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. The point that we're making here is it does anybody that's hovering or nobody's Mahomes and and you know what probably nobody else is Lamar and Burrow but uh, underneath and I've gotten the Trevor Lawrence thing wrong I own that like he's not where I thought he'd be Same. at this point right so any one of those other guys that you'd put Dak and Lawrence and Herbert and maybe not Purdy as much but whatever it is Josh Allen any one of them coached by Harbaugh we would prop them up immediately yeah. And that's what we're doing with Justin Herbert. He has earned the right to have a guy like Harbaugh want to coach him. Now, the pressure's on. Pressure's on. Mm-hmm. You have to be a top-five quarterback in the league. And by being a top-five quarterback in the league, you have to produce top-five results for your team. Ricardo in North Carolina listening on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. What's up, Ricardo? Man, how y'all doing this morning, man? Um, big shout-out to Harry Douglas, man. Like, um... I love how he's um, talking about embracing this weekend. And um, I need you guys to, like, kind of, like, ride with me for a quick second. I really feel like this weekend is really about to be, like, the transition of the guard, similar to the uh, Magic and Jordan era type thing. Um, I remember you guys earlier this week speaking on Mahomes' career, similar to Magic. I feel like Lamar is trending towards MJ. And the reason why I say this is this right here, not – you know, I know he got to win six chips and all of that stuff, but I'm just look at MJ when he started off. MJ and them Bulls could not get past the Pistons. They couldn't get past all these other teams. They had to build around MJ in order for him to get there. Lamar and the, the Ravens are doing the same thing. If Lamar goes and beats Pat Mahomes and wins his first chip, that's equivalent to Jordan beating Magic his first year. So I just think that we need to embrace this weekend and um, 
I think we're about to see some some greatness. Yeah, I I understand where you're going with that call. I don't think it's an apples to apples thing. I think you get in trouble any single time you compare any athlete to Michael Jordan. Like it's just it's not going to work for you in any way you do it. Yeah. Lamar has a huge moment this weekend. And even Magic Johnson with Lamar. Right. I mean, <laughs> like Magic Johnson, like Magic. <laughs> and know. and by the way, the comparison that we're making in terms of Mahomes was to we talked about his the first 7 years of his career are pretty much unrivaled in sports and what yeah, he's done, right? Magic also played more than 7 years and Mahomes going to play more than 7 years. I think we just got to take a step back and yes, we're the ones doing the compare and contrast. We get to see Lamar and Mahomes this weekend. Let's just celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another coaching move. But I don't think it's a passing of the guard or changing of the guard. No. I don't see it as that at all. No. But Mahomes is that man. Yes. He is him. It's, it's just. He, he is him. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes, draw a line, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, draw another line, and then everybody else. The yes. fact that he's even playing this weekend with this team tells you that he's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. uh, we have another coaching change in the NBA. A move was just made. We will get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We saw huge coaching news in the NBA over the last 24 to 48 hours with the Bucks making a massive change. Adrian Griffin out, Doc Rivers in. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU as well. Well, there's some breaking news right now as the Washington Wizards have announced moments ago that Wes Unsell Jr., their head coach, is moving to a front office role, an advisory role. They will have an interim coach for the rest of the season and then find a full-time coach next season. Sports Illustrated senior writer for the NBA and NBC Sports Boston. There we go. Um, Chris Mannix joins us now to discuss this. Chris, what exactly did the Wizards expect Wes Unsell Jr. to do with this team this year? Well, I don't think they expected much. And, you know, my my view of the Wizards this year was that Wes Unsell was, you know, kind of there just to take the hits this season. He was an inherited coach by this new front office led by Michael Winger. And it it never seemed likely to me that Wes was going to survive as the head coach beyond this season. They knew this would be one where it would be a transition year. They were going to pile up a lot of losses given some of the moves, most notably Bradley Beal that they made in the off season. So it's, it's a little surprising that, 
you know, West didn't finish out the year, but I, I always believe that like with most front offices, they were going to look to hire their own head coach sooner rather than later. Well, Mannix, the NBA is full of surprises this week with Adrian Griffin getting let go by the Milwaukee Bucks. The team was in second place, a 30-13 and 13 record. Nearly unprecedented in terms of this type of move. I mean, you got to go back to Dave Blatt with LeBron James in 2015-2016 or Jack McKinney with the Lakers, 79-80. What was the impetus for the Bucks to make this decision now in moving on from Adrian Griffin? Well, I think with all things Milwaukee, they, they view – everything through the prism of are we a championship team right now? They know what their window is. It's probably two, maybe three years with this current core. And, you know, over the last couple of weeks, it had become pretty clear that while this team was really good, they were not on the level of some of the teams that were above them, whether it's Boston in the Eastern Conference or, you know, teams like Denver, even the Clippers in the Western Conference. So, it's a bold move, to be sure, uh, by John Horst, but they, they just saw a team that wasn't getting the job done defensively, that got blown out by Cleveland just a week ago, that gave up an average of 124 points against a Detroit team that was is not a very good offensive team. And really since over the last 15 games before last night, had a defensive rating that was 27th in the NBA. So, they saw saw the signs of a team that was not on an upwards trajectory. So rather than uh, potentially waste this season, uh, John Horst, who is one of the most, you know, quite frankly, one of the most uh, you know, direct and ambitious general managers in the game today, uh, made the decision to, uh, to pull the trigger here. So Mannix, their answer to to trying to turn this team into a contender is Doc Rivers. I'm curious. From you know the perspective of people in league circles, is Doc just a stopgap for this year, or is he the guy to help them capitalize on this two to three year window that they have with Dame and Giannis? You know, I, I think. Look, I think Doug getting Doc for multiple years. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think we lost Chris there. Doc is going to well, be Well, he lost for- me when he said we're going to have Doc for multiple years. I just don't understand how you're, you're looking to break through and win a championship, and your answer is Doc Rivers? Well, that, th- that's your answer? There is There are very limited options, obviously, when you do it in season, of course. Sure. Um, Doc Rivers is going to be there for multi-years. There's been conversation, and I think this would be an excellent move. This guy's a great coach for them to bring in Dave Yeager, who used to be the coach of the Kings and the Grizzlies. He was with Doc with Philadelphia. There was also conver- uh, conversations about Nate McMillan, potentially as an in-season replacement there for um, for Adrian Griffin as we bring Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, NBC Sports Boston, back in the mix. Smalls, go ahead on this one. So, Well, well, first, Chris, you finish your thought on what you were saying yeah. about Doc and the runway that he has there with the Bucks. Yeah, I think he has an extended runway uh, with Milwaukee. Um, the, the negotiations for the deal to bring Doc Rivers in were, were quick, but that was in large part because Milwaukee, from what I've been told, effectively gave Doc all or most of everything that he wanted. I mean, Doc was in a pretty advantageous negotiating position at this point. He had a good job with ESPN, a job that he clearly liked calling games and, you know, didn't have to take this one. So, you know, he wanted, from what I was told, a lot of money. He wanted some security with this job. And I believe it. Well, I don't know all the terms yet. I believe he's going to get uh, exactly that. And it's putting the Bucks in a position that is, 
uh, where they're paying three head coaches now with Mike Budenholzer still under contract, Adrian Griffin with three and a half years left in his contract, and now Doc Rivers. So, you know, this, this is there's a sense of urgency with this season, no question about it, but this is not going to be a, a half a season and done uh, deal with Doc Rivers. Well, Chris, I want to stay there with the sense of urgency because this is a risky move and it puts a lot of pressure on a lot of central figures with the Bucks. So who has more pressure to get to the finals or to win the finals? Is it Doc Rivers? Is it Giannis? Or is it Damian Lillard? Uh, it's a good question. I, I think you'd probably have to put you probably make it even amongst the players, you know, not specifically Damian Lillard or Giannis, but now the pressure now shifts entirely to them. They're going to get the experienced coach that, you know, they've been kind of hungry for. And look, that was one of the problems with Adrian Griffin over the first few months of the season. NBA players, in addition to being, you know, elite at their craft are also really smart. They know the game. And there was a sense, I think that, you know, while Adrian Griffin knows the game, he was a player, a longtime assistant, he just wasn't decisive enough as a head coach when it came to his defensive principles, his coaching style generally, rotations. He just didn't have that kind of head coach vibe that a team on this level can kind of sniff out. And now they're getting one in Doc Rivers, and, and now that puts the pressure entirely on the players. I still, I, I'm just amazed at, at how big a risk they're willing to take here because I've seen and read a lot of the comparisons to David Blatt and what happened in 2016. I think it's apples and oranges, to be honest. I mean, you know, David Blatt was replaced by a guy who was an assistant there for a year and a half. So he had built in equity with the team. He was replaced by a guy who had full buy-in from the superstar in LeBron James. I mean, Ty Lue had a lot going for him when he took that job. He he hit the ground running. To me, this is more analogous to – uh, Quinn Snyder taking over the Hawks a year ago, where he came into a new situation, didn't have his own coaching staff, had a team that played an entirely different style than what he was used to coaching. Now Doc Rivers is going to have to do that with a, a new coaching staff, different philosophies. I just think it's going to be really hard to get this team onto a championship level with less than half a season to go. It's, it, it would be one of the great feats in NBA history if they can pull it off. That's a great comparison. I love the Hawks one. And they're going to be a fascinating team, by the way, around the deadline if they blow that team up. Chris, let's finish with this. More interesting deadline team for you. What the Lakers do or what the Sixers do? I mean, the Lakers are always more interesting, right? Because they're the Lakers. Um, And I I think the Sixers are going to be more judicious with what they do because, you know, they know they can go into next offseason with like 50-ish million dollars in cap space if they do nothing. And they've been good enough with this group and look like they can contend with this group that there's not an overwhelming amount of pressure to make a big deal in Philadelphia. There is overwhelming pressure to make something happen in LA. I mean, I I, look, I was among the many people that thought Rob Palenka did exactly the right thing this off season, bring the band back, keep continuity. It just hasn't worked out. They haven't been the same defensive team. They were last year. Some of the guys they acquired have taken different levels of steps back. They've got to do something in L.A., Um, whether it's pushing the Zach Levine panic button, which is basically what that would be, or doing something uh, a little more subtle, uh, like trying to get their hands on someone like DeJounte Murray or Tyus Jones uh, before the trade deadline. But there's because of LeBron's age and because you can't count on Anthony Davis to play with this kind of health 
and consistency every year. Uh, there is just a lot of pressure right now on Rob Palenka to do something big. Chris, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. All right, there's Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated senior writer, NBC Sports Boston, talking about the latest news in the NBA. Again, uh, Wizards make a move this morning, firing their head coach, Wes Unsell Jr., propping him upstairs to be a part of the front office, and obviously all this, the conversation around uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and their move. Coming up, Jim Harbaugh has entered into one of the greatest coaching divisions we've ever seen. We will get to that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Evan, uh, did you get a spray tan, by the way? No. Why? <laughs> Do I look hot? Did you get a spray tan? I swear to God, I did. I've never gotten that in my... Yeah, I am a little orange. You are orange. <laughs> you are orange. You saw me smells when I walked in. Did I look any different when I walked in pre-makeup? You don't look orange in person. So I, I don't look orange on the radio, but people can imagine. We have an orange host on the show today. A Cheeto. my initial reaction is why do I look hot that's that's immediately where I went with Nuno like I took him saying I look tan as a compliment no 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 no, no. he did not say you look tan he said you look orange there's a big difference right as somebody who has had great spray tans and someone who has had rough spray tans oh you've had a rough orange is not the look you want to go for I'm aware trust me I don't want to look orange you have to pick the level. I think I think my makeup looks better today than ever before. But what happens? We are on Sportsmanlike, by the way, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, you can tune in to NBA action tonight. Heat and the Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And as a Heat fan, they lose last night to the, uh, to the Grizzlies when the Grizzlies have no players playing for them. And, of course, the Heat lose that game because that's what they do. And if everybody plays tonight, which is no guarantee they will, they'll probably beat the Celtics because that's what they do. Anyway, okay. uh, along with Michelle Smallman. And that's talking Cohen. Heat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> CC over a get up. But let, let me just exp- let me understand something. So you go to the spray tan. Yes. A bad spray tan is bad coloring. Is that what happens? Or it gets like in your hair? Like what happens there? Well, no. You wear, you know, the like the, the, the net that you see okay. people wear when they're in the cafeteria. Right. You have to wear that. And you have cafeteria to. The cafeteria net. net and right. you have to put barrier cream on your hands and your feet so that it doesn't get on your palms and on the bottom, bottoms of your feet. Right. Because nothing's worse than having orange palms, you know. Um, but yeah, sometimes it can be streaky. Sometimes it could be blotchy. Sometimes it could be orange. You want to look sun-kissed and bronzed, and sometimes it doesn't come out that way. And it's a, it's a terrible process because you get the spray tan, and then you have to bake in it for a few hours. So you, I have specific clothes that I will never get rid of that I don't care about that right. are my spray tan clothes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. You have to ready to wash the sheets the next day. It's a whole thing. No, no. When you asked that question, did you think the answer could be yes? <laughs> no, that's but, a yes. Yeah, just with own you, it, Nuno. Yes, with me. Why, okay, go ahead. Why with me? I think you care more about your appearance than anyone else on the show. I True. think you're right about that. And besides I, Pat, besides Pat, obviously. <laughs> Pat literally gets changed to be on television during the show because he's trying to get a sponsorship, right? Um, but I could see you catching a glimpse of yourself in a monitor or something as you were leaving and saying. I look a little pale. What can I That's do? That's it. Spray, it's a spray tan Wednesday. My coloring. Right. And a spray tan Wednesday. I could see it. I could see you coming home or on your way home, stopping at a, at a convenience store or somewhere and getting a box tan because you could get those little wipes and going to your wife and saying, honey, I need you to help me out with this. I'm looking a little pale. Winter has gotten the best of me. I don't take offense to any of this. Should I? No. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, but the answer is no. I did, did not have a spray tan, and I have never had a spray tan in my life. But now I'm intrigued to actually have a spray tan. As a I think that we should do something where we bet on a game or something, and if you don't get it right, you have to get a spray tan. Well, I will not be filmed without a shirt. There's no way that's <laughs> happening. Rob, don't even look at me like that. Our social guy is over there just staring at me. No, no chance. But, but maybe short sleeves so we could see the tan. Like McAfee style? I just go <laughs> with the tank. Yeah, top. yeah, go with the McAfee tank. <laughs> okay. can, we, can we just do your face? Yeah. Just spray tan a face. Yeah. You can do that because they do spray tan your face separately. You get in there and they, they get your whole body and then they say, hold your breath because they're going to spray your face. Yeah, I'll do that. I don't need to lose a bet to do that. I'll just try that. <laughs> okay. I would have to lose. That seems like winning a bet where I have an excuse to get that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And once you do it, I'm sure you're going to like it, Evan. You could buy different. Um, spray tan packages to where you can be a frequent member. I'm a spray tan guy now. Who knew? I've become a spray tan guy. I kind of need a spray tan too. Looking at myself in the monitor, I it's think winter has gotten the best of me. Unsportsmanlike spray tan Thursday. All right. Um, by the way, you can tweet at us at Unsports ESPN. <laughs> we could put a poll up, Rob. Maybe have we ever have you ever gotten a spray tan? Considering I am orange today. Uh, let's look at this AFC West for a second. Let's do it. So part of this is we think we all think Harbaugh's great. We think Harbaugh and Herbert are going to be great together. We also have to acknowledge that Harbaugh voluntarily walked into a division with Andy Reid, first ballot Hall of Famer, Patrick Mahomes, first ballot Hall of Famer, Sean Payton. I don't think Sean Payton is a Hall of Famer yet, but certainly on a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame path as a head coach. And now That's Harbaugh. Great. I mean, that is an Antonio Pierce who rallied the troops in a big way last year with the Raiders. That is a great division. Like you think back in the day when you would have – the NFC East with Landry into Jimmy Johnson, Parcells with the Giants, Joe Gibbs in Washington. I mean, those are some of the great coaching 
divisions you've ever seen in your life. I don't necessarily have one off the top of my head that I have ever seen outside of the old school NFC East that was ever better than what we are going to see this year in the AFC West. Now, NFC West years ago had Harbaugh and Pete Carroll in it. Yes. But that's when, that was before McVay with the Rams and obviously the was Cardinals. Was that the Jeff Fisher era? Yeah, yeah, the Cardinals. The Cardinals did have a Super Bowl run, but not at the same time. Yeah. So, and Ken Wisenhunt was the coach there and then obviously Bruce Arians. But this is one of the great coaching divisions we have ever seen, I think, in our lifetime in the NFL. It's remarkable. And if Antonio Pierce becomes what we project him to be, it's going to be even better because he's a question mark right now. A lot of potential, but still a question mark as the head coach of the Raiders. But if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I think I have it like that. I know I have it like that. I'm not intimidated by Andy Reid. I'm not intimidated by Antonio Pierce. I'm not intimidated by Sean Payton. I just came off a national championship, and I've been to a Super Bowl. So I think it it almost is a challenge that he would welcome because if he can get it done and have to go through those coaches to do it, that just enhances his legacy even further. Yeah, I do think he's one of these guys that probably doesn't even look at it. Like, he's like, I don't care that Andy Reid's there. No, I think would, other, I think why other, would he care? Because it's hard to beat Andy Reid. And, like, you don't voluntarily want to sign up for that necessarily twice a year. You don't want to voluntarily have to sign up to play Sean Payton twice a year. True, but even though it looks like an easier path if you would have taken the Atlanta Falcons job, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. What's what's more difficult? Or which which door seems less difficult to you? Going to a division that seems easier to win, but you don't have a quarterback, or going to a division that might be harder to win, but you have a quarterback. It's a great question that you feel really great about. I would take the quarterback. Me one. too. I would take the quarterback. I would always too. take the quarterback. The but quarterback trumps the division to me always. I agree with you. I think that there must be someone that whether it's Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, whomever, that the Belichicks, Vrabels, et cetera, when they look at Atlanta, look at it and say, we know we can get that guy to go with us, or mm-hmm. we think we have a great shot of getting that guy because we are here. But I agree with you it, because ultimately what happens is if you have the best young quarterback in a division, at some point the established great older quarterbacks in the division will go down a little bit. Like, only Tom Brady continues to go up or continue to go up or stay at that level. There's no other quarterback in history that you can look at and say they didn't fall off a little bit, right? So I am not suggesting that Mahomes is anywhere close to falling off. But I am saying that Harbaugh could look at this and say, okay, I got Justin Herbert, and God forbid they have one off year. God forbid Mahomes gets hurt. I have the next best quarterback in this division. Or... You know, with the extra playoff team, remember, there's more playoff teams in the NFL now than when Harbaugh was in the NFL the first time, right? So even if you don't win the division, you can still get to the postseason. And in that specific spot, maybe somebody else knocks off Kansas City. Who knows? Yes, there are tons of great quarterbacks in the AFC. But to answer your question, I could not agree with you more that if given the choice of a bad division but no quarterback versus a good division with the quarterback, I still always have to take the quarterback. I can't avoid the idea of taking a quarterback like Justin Herbert that I believe within the next two years will be a top five quarterback in the league. He feels right on the cusp, and he also feels like a quarterback that's malleable and that Jim Harbaugh could really work with and that they could have that synergy and he could bring him to the next level. And hopefully the team success follows. And why wouldn't the team success follow? The team success has followed everywhere Jim Harbaugh has been. I would love to hear from people at 888-SAY-ESPN as to whether or not there's ever been a division that people can remember that in their prime had this many great coaches 
right, is we're looking at Harbaugh, Reed, Sean Payton. I'm not leaving Antonio Pierce out. You just can't. It's not fair to He's include him. He's not a proven him, commodity. Right? I mean, even, you think back to the AFC East when Nick Saban was the coach of the Dolphins. When you think about Belichick and Saban in the same division, but Saban wasn't a great NFL head coach. He was fine. Fine to not good, not fine to good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, are there other – Nuno, Pat, Javante, are there other divisions historically that we are missing that we would look at upon arrival in their prime of guys that look like this in terms of resume in the NFL? Because NFC East back in the day, Parcells, Gibbs, they do – you know what? I don't even know why I asked them. They do their own show separate. None of them were listening to anything we were just saying. Did well, we you just don't that? have a good answer for you. <laughs> no, I think they were – what show were you guys doing? I want to know what your topic was back there. No, we were actually at this point in time we were <laughs> extremely quiet. <laughs> Nuno asked me if I went tanning before. Yes, have I, you? I knew there have was you something. Gone, hold on, have you gone tanning? <laughs> no, I have not. I just burn. I don't tan. So none of you have gone spray tanning? No, not spray. I've done the back in the day, like if you were going on vacation, the tanning bed. Yes, the tanning bed to kind of get that base. Nuno in a tanning bed with the goggles. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to have a picture of Nuno in a tanning bed with goggles. I'm not surprised. Nuno knows about the important benefits of self-care. We saw him get a pedicure. I think when I when we go to Bristol, I think Javante may join Nuno and I on another pedicure adventure. So the guys understand that you got to take care of yourself. If you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. So Evan, maybe you getting a spray tan would enhance your performance here. Not that you need it, but I'm just saying. I think you just said I need it. We're on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. There's another part of this Harbaugh story, what happens at Michigan. But first, let's get some phone calls in at 888-SAY-ESPN. Doc in Virginia joins us here on ESPN Radio. What's up, Doc? Can we rock? Hey, I just wanted to comment on uh, the coaching question you asked. Was there ever a division that good? And the NFC East in 2004 had Coughlin, Parcells, Andy Reid, and Joe Gibbs, I believe. That is ridiculous. That's a ridiculous one. Yeah, that is a ridiculous one because when you look Good at one, this, um, when you look at this AFC West right now with Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh, and Sean Payton, and whatever Antonio Pierce obviously could be, not intentionally leaving him out, just not fair to include him yet. He's unproven. He's new in, in terms of Antonio Pierce, but that division's ridiculous. That was oh four oh five. Is that what it was, Pat? That that year with that division. That's crazy. Yeah, both those years. Oh, my God. That's that's a wild one. Dan in Ohio on ESPN Radio. What's up, Dan? Hey, what's going on? I just wanted to, uh, about the coaching. What about the current AFC North? I mean, you have Tomlin, Super Bowl winner. You have Harbaugh, Super Bowl winner. You have Zach Taylor, two of Super Bowl. And you have Stefanski, two coaches of the years in four years, and took five quarterbacks to the playoffs. 
That's a great call. Yeah. Is the current AFC North crop better than the current AFC West crop? Hmm. Two Super Bowl winners. Now we have two Super Bowl winners in the AFC West and a Super Bowl appearance out of yes, Harbaugh. Yes. Again, Antonio Pier- This isn't Antonio Pierce is catching unintentional strays. He just happens to be with the like one of the great coaching divisions we've He's ever just brand seen. New. We we don't know. I mean, it's close. That's that's a good one. The current AFC North is damn good. Yeah, but Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid have been to three Super Bowls. One, two of them. Yeah, I was going to say having those two in yeah, that division yeah, kind of sways my opinion exactly. that it's tougher. Uh, Ryan in West Palm listening on ESPN 106.3. What's up, Ryan? Evan, first, I, I miss you and Babs on uh, with Doggy. But first off, I don't understand this with uh, Herbert. He's not that good. I don't get it. You guys think like he's the greatest thing. What if Harbaugh comes in and he stinks? You know, he's been out of the league for five years. What I mean, do you think his message is going to go over with a veteran team? Because he's been with a bunch of college kids the last five years, I don't get it. So yeah, but, but I, here's I, I, don't the think, I don't think Herbert's going to stink. Herbert, yeah. Herbert, quite literally, has not stunk since he stepped on an NFL field. No. Now it hasn't necessarily led to his team winning a lot of football games, but he hasn't stunk. So why am I going to think that he's going to be worse off when Jim Harbaugh gets there? You would have it's to only see... upside now that Harbaugh is his head coach. Right. Yeah, you would see the first time twice in this scenario. You would see the first time Harbaugh would not be a good head coach. And the first time Harbaugh, excuse me, Herbert would not be a good quarterback. That that's a lot to ask for. That both of those things happen as a result of the other one being there. It's way more logical to think Herbert's just going to be good because he is good, and now he'll be more accomplished. And Harbaugh's going to be good. Yeah, that's he the is crazy good. thing. I mean, Herbert was top five in QBR this year, and his team won five games. I mean, since he's coming to the league, he's top five in passing yards, top five in passing touchdowns. What the hell are we talking about? He's not that good. What are you smoking? Yeah, he's I, not accomplished yet, like in terms of team accomplishment. Actually, that's he's a good, a good way football to, yeah. player. He's oh, a yeah. really, really good football player. Yes. All right? And there's been a lot of dysfunction around him, and that's the Chargers organization. They, they have been dysfunctional. This is one of those moves that's like, hey, you know what? We can't get out of our own way. We realize we're in an uber-competitive division. Let us go out there and pay a premium for somebody who knows what the hell they're doing and let them do what they do. Which is why I give them a lot of credit because a lot of organizations lack the self-awareness to make a decision like that or lack the guts to be able to spend the money and turn over the control to bring in somebody like Jim Harbaugh. But to know that he was interested in them and for them to do whatever it took to get him there and give him what he needed in order to leave Michigan – I give them credit because historically, this is not a move that the Chargers would have made. Historically, they hang on to Brandon Staley a year too long. Historically, they don't spend the money. And I think good for them for saying enough is enough. We have got the quarterback. We need to be relevant, not only in our own market, but in the NFL. We need to capitalize on the finite amount of time we have with Justin Herbert. We're not going to let him waste away. And we're going to bring in arguably the best coach that's out there. I know, Evan, you think it's Bill Belichick, but the, I would say the, no, for this situation, for this situation the best possible option that we can, we can get, and they yeah. did it. Okay, so now the Michigan part is interesting, right? They have a vacancy. Think about the national championship game between Alabama, excuse me, Michigan and Washington. Neither coach is in the spot that they're in mm-hmm. two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and three of the four teams in the national championship college football playoff have changed coaches. Washington, Alabama, and Michigan all will change coaches, which is just remarkable. All reports and all signs point towards Sharon Moore, who did a great job, not a good job, a great job in filling in for Harbaugh this year. CeCe, you and I have said 
repeatedly that we feel like there are some jobs in sports that a first-time coach may not be able to handle necessarily. I don't know about him if I look at him as a first-time coach or not because he's been a fill-in head coach. He is such a un- he being strong more is such a unique circumstance because he was the acting head coach and he and he won against Ohio State. Yes, but we are going to likely see Michigan and Ohio State both coached by guys that never coached anywhere else as a head coach in their life, which is wild to me. Right? It's wild to me. Now, I, I, I guess if Jim Harbaugh hand tabs Sharon Moore as his successor, which it seems that, like he has, right? Then that, then that holds a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if, if you're Michigan, you have to do your due diligence, right? You just have to. Like Lance Leipold, to? Kansas, That's Chris the one. Kleiman, Kansas State. Like you have to. Uh, uh, Eli Drinkowitz. Uh, At Missouri. Missouri. He's great. Like you, He's you great. have to look. People into- have talked a lot about Matt Campbell in the past at Iowa State. Not yeah, as much now, but yeah. But you have to look into those coaches at least, right? Because you got proof of concept. I, I get Sharon Moore stepped in for six games on an interim basis. But it's different being a pinch hitter versus being a guy that's batting second in the order. Like, it's just there's a different level of responsibility. And I don't know that he has the capacity to be high functioning in that job, especially when the demands on college football coaches are greater today than they ever have been. True. But I guess the argument against it is when he was moved up in the lineup, he produced. In, in the biggest of spots, he produced. Uh, maybe not the biggest because they won a national championship, but in the regular season, in the biggest spots, he produced. And I guess if I'm Michigan, I like where my program is at right now. And Sharon Moore is only continuing the infrastructure and the culture that's already in place. It's not a huge deviation. You don't have to disrupt it in a huge way. But let me ask you a question, though. When when you're recruiting and you're on the road going into kids' living rooms, like is, is Sharon Moore going to have the – the, 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 no, say what you're gonna say. Is, you're gonna, you're gonna say who is he? Is he? That's, right? that's the point. Like, yeah. is he gonna have the cachet with these prep players and guys that are transferring, like Jim Harbaugh did? Like that. that no. that's that's the part. And of, that's not an insult but, to but, him. But, but, but. No, it's not the insult. But that's the part of the job that I would be concerned with if you're Michigan. Like, mm-hmm. that's the part where it's like, what are we losing here in the way of recruiting? Have you seen what Ohio State has done in the portal? Have you seen the quarterbacks they got? Will Howard and Julian saying and all of these do. Have you seen what they've done? Like that, that's, a, a weird that's the part that here. would make me concerned if I'm Michigan. It's a weird evolution because it's almost like Harbaugh waited out Urban leaving, and Ryan Day has kind of waited out. And it's not his choice, obviously, but they've kind of waited out Harbaugh leaving. So if Ryan Day doesn't win this year, when you have all of this working in your favor, oh boy, oh boy, it, you would feel a lot different around Sharon Moore if I took the last two stops that he had, Central Michigan and Louisville, and told you he was the head coach of one of those two teams. You'd feel completely different about what's happening right now. It's a different position when you slide that, you know, a few feet over on the sideline and you're the head coach. No doubt. But he was great last year. He was great. And the players clearly rightfully loved him as the interim coach. We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.